interesting in our world how much we absolutely love stories. It was the National Cinema Day yesterday, and you could go and see a film for three pounds. Yes. People Amen. flocking all over the city to hear stories. And I'm kidding. Jaws. Four. Four. I thought you said Jaws. I was gonna. <laughs> We love stories. We love the tension. We love how it turns out and how the resolution comes. I'm kicking off a series where we're going to hear story or testimony after testimony for the next few weeks. Because when we hear someone tell their story or their testimony of how God commissioned them, how God called them, how God provided for them, how God impacted them, how God drew them into a place of intimacy, we hear that God is always working. God is always moving. God is always doing something in our lives. It says in the Bible that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What it means is this, is that when a person tells their story or gives their testimony of who Jesus is and what he is doing, it creates an atmosphere where he does it again and again and again. So over the next few weeks, there's going to be stories of provision. There's going to be stories of encounter. There's going to be stories of commissioning. And we can listen and say, actually, that's a prophecy to us that God wants to do it again and again. Amen. Amen. There's a, an account in the Bible of a woman who turned a whole region upside down by telling her story. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to read the story from John. Because often we start with the, I'm reading it, we switch off because we're so familiar with the story. We're so familiar with the story of the woman at the well. We might have heard it, read it many times. But I want it to come alive, and I want us to hear that when she goes back to her community, transformed having had an encounter with Jesus, she tells her story, and in the simplicity of telling her story, she turns a region upside down. John tells a story about a woman who is very clear, is very isolated from her community. It talks about that she leaves the city that she lives in and passes the well that's inside of her city to go to the well that's outside of their city. And we know that because historically ancient civilizations, communities and cities would have always had a well inside the city walls. Otherwise, marauding invaders could basically block them off from a water source and kill a community within three days. But she goes out, John tells us, at the hottest time of the day, Middle Eastern noonday sun. Don't know if you remember back in July, I stepped into our garden in the afternoon and it was so hot, unbearably hot, incredibly hot. I'd never experienced that kind of heat. But this woman goes out at the hottest time of the day. Why does she go out at the hottest time of the day? Because no one is out in the hottest time of the day. Everybody's indoors, keeping cool away from the sun. And so she passes the well that's inside the city 
and walks to the well that's outside the city. And we know later on it can only be it's to avoid people that she goes out there. This is her routine every single day of the week. There's no plumbing inside. You go to the well to get water. It's an everyday event, a normal everyday activity. But on this occasion, she goes out and her life is utterly, radically, revolutionarily transformed. She meets a stranger at a well. It's interesting, Jesus didn't meet her in a religious setting. Jesus didn't meet her at a special festival or activity. Jesus meets her in the middle of the day, at the hottest part of the day, doing a chore that she's accustomed to doing every single day of the week. He meets her in the everyday. He meets her in the ordinary. God can meet us every day of the week, in the everyday, in the ordinary, wherever we are. And Jesus begins to interact with her and initially she believes that Jesus is just offering a very practical solution. He starts to speak about living water and she thinks, well, you don't have a bucket, you have nothing to draw, this is a really deep well, where are you going to get this living water from? And maybe she's thinking, wow, this is a practical solution, I may not have to do this journey ever again. Maybe I'm going to get this living water, so I won't be thirsty again, so I won't have to go out of the city and face people again. And she goes on to find out from Jesus that this living water isn't a practical solution to a problem. Jesus is talking about a spiritual solution. Jesus is talking about a relationship with him. He's talking about living water that quenches a spiritual thirst. And so Jesus meets her in the reality of her life, in the reality of her situation. Her life is actually really messy. And sometimes we misunderstand this woman because Jesus meets her in truth. There's a moment where Jesus says, I want to talk to you more about it really, but go and get your husband. And then she says the truth, but not the whole truth. She says, but I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, yeah, that's right, you've been married five times and the person you're living with is not your husband. And sometimes we think, well, that's, she's a really shamed woman. But we have to understand in that moment, in that culture, in that time, women had no power of divorce. She's literally been rejected five times by five different men and the last man doesn't even want to meet her. Jesus meets her in the, 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 the reality of life. It's not pretty. Jesus doesn't say to her, I'm going to meet you at a well in about a month's time. Go and get your life all sorted. Go and get your life all manageable. Go and get your life all in order. He meets her in truth, where she is, in the mess of reality. Amen. She's a woman who's trapped in isolating shame. She's a woman who's trapped in isolation from her community, from the people around her. And in this encounter, at this well, in the heat of the day, in the ordinariness of routine, she experiences someone looking in her eyes and seeing her. Maybe she's used to walking out to the well and people put their heads down. 
Now she meets a stranger by a well and she says, I, she feels seen. She has an encounter, there's a conversation. In all the Gospels, there is not a longer conversation that Jesus has. In all the Gospels, this is the longest conversation that Jesus has with someone recorded in the Gospels. And she feels valued, listened to, heard, not rejected. And she feels safe. And she does something crazy. She leaves the water jug behind. Her life has been interrupted. She's gone there to get water, but this stranger, this Jesus, has unlocked her heart and she feels safe and valued and seen and she's interrupted and she wants to go back to tell her story and she goes back and begins to share freely. She tells her story to everyone and as she tells her story she's not really trying to sell a product to anybody. She's not going out there to start a Jesus movement so she can become the leader of a Jesus movement. She's not thinking, now's my opportunity to get influence and power. She's not selling a story. She's not even trying to convince anybody to believe anything. She's not trying to persuade them. She's just telling them what happened. What happened through meeting this Jesus. Her testimony, her story of what Jesus said, the, the revelation that she experiences of a man who knows her, who tells her about her life and everything that's ever happened, it overflows wonderfully. Remember, she's the woman who sneaks out of the city in the noonday sun to go to a well outside the city at the hottest day. Now she's rushing back to the city, forgetting her water jug, and she's overflowing her story. She says, on the back of telling her story, she gives an invitation. Come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. That's all her story is. And then she says, could this be the saviour of the world? And as we, we read the scripture, actually, Jesus has given the greatest disclosure of who he is. Yes, I am the Messiah. God has revealed himself clearly to her as the Christ, the saviour. And her story is, I've met someone who's told me everything I've ever done. And the people heard her story. Maybe they observed the changes in her. Maybe they saw a woman who previously was isolated, is now in the middle of the community. Maybe they're intrigued. Maybe they're marvelling. Maybe they're perplexed and don't really understand what she's talking about. But they went to meet him at the well themselves. That's what the story did. It was a catalytic, transforming moment within a community. And she's just simply saying, come and meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. I'm just telling you what's happened to me at the well today. And they go out and meet him. And then they come back and they say to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves. Amen. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. The story was a gateway. The story was an invitation for their own encounter and their own experience and their own revelation of Jesus and who he is. So John chapter 4. 
Jesus, it says, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And as he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sinca, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. <coughs> Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, so that's midday. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sit, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than, than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and and drink from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, Give me the water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying you have no husband. You have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that it is in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, which is a, a, a term of affection in those days. Woman is a gentle term. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship um, you, on this nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. Now those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one is called, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Then going a little. Then his disciples came back. They marveled when he was talking with a woman, which was unacceptable in their culture. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went 
out of the town and were coming to him. Then jump to verse uh, 20, 39. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed with them two days. And many more believed because of his word. Now, that's Jesus' word. They're meeting Jesus for themselves. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that, that this is indeed the saviour of the world. So we're going to hear a number of people over the next few weeks telling their story, telling them what Jesus did and what happened. Every story we will hear will have this at the very heart of it. It will be about meeting the person of Jesus personally. Many stories will be meeting Jesus like the woman in everyday life, in everyday circumstances, in everyday situations. Some of the stories will be about meeting Jesus in the gathered church. Sometimes the stories we hear will be about painful moments, difficult moments, and how God healed and redeemed. We'll hear that it's always God who takes the initiative. Jesus was at the well waiting at the well to get a drink. And then he initiates a conversation. He is always the one who initiates meeting us. The ultimate authority in the universe is God. And the one who ultimately takes initiative with human beings is God. He meets with us as individuals. He, we have, we're going to hear stories of how he met with people and they went on to love and serve whole communities. In the stories we're going to hear over the next few weeks and the testimonies, we're going to hear that God says to us what we would never dare say to ourselves. He has a much higher opinion of us than we have of ourselves. And he says to us what we would never say to ourselves. We're going to hear that God does for people what people could never do for themselves. We're going to hear about how God launches men and women on adventures that they would never volunteer for themselves. That woman had no idea that this would be the day that God would launch her to bring what really is a revival to a whole region, to a whole town, and to a whole community. Testimonies of these people are full of truth, like that woman's truth about their life, about where they were, about what they thought and how they felt in the moment God spoke to them. It's often through people's stories that the, the Bible gets flesh and blood often put on it, because he's doing today what he's always been doing. He's providing today as he's always been providing. He's healing today as he's always been healing. He's commissioning today as he's always been commissioning. He's empowering today as he always has been empowering. And when we see a person stand and say, this is what God said, this is what God did, this is how God did it, we see the reality of scripture with flesh and blood on it, in front of us. We hear someone say, come and meet Jesus and what he did for me. Amen. We come to realise that the God who commissioned then the Apostle Paul on the way to Damascus is still the same God who commissions today. 
we come to realise that the God who got a coin out of a fish then to pay taxes is still the God who miraculously provides for today. We see in flesh and blood the God who so loved the world that he sent Jesus is still the God who commissions men and women to tell their story and to see people come to Jesus today. We see the God who takes our faulty identity and gives us his liberating identity today. Stories are full of Truth, testimonies are full of truth. It starts with a moment where often everything is against the person. It starts often with, these were the reality of my circumstances. These were the things that were happening to me. These were the difficulties in my finance. These were the oppositions I was encountering. These were my faulty beliefs that I needed to be broken free of. These were my faulty attempts to do for God what only God can do. We'll heal people's journeys and a journey is unfolding and going on from glory to glory to glory. We'll hear a snapshot. This is what God did. This is where I am now. There's more to come. Every story, every testimony we hear always contains an invitation. It's not just a person standing and telling their story that woman's story became an invitation for a whole village to come and meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. And so as we listen to people tell their story of what Jesus did, we are invited into our own deeper encounter with Jesus too. Stories and testimonies give us hope. If he could do it for him, he can do it for me. If he could do it for her, he can do it for me. Got no favourites, testimonies invite us into an encounter, into a provision, into an adventure. The, the, the series as well will remind us that the greatest thing we can give away is our story about what Jesus has done. It can be our story of how we met him for the first time, but it also can be our story of how he commissioned us, how he liberated us how he set us free and provided for us. Our story is a wonderful treasure to give away. Our stories put flesh and blood for men and women. This is who God is. This is how kind he is. This is how powerful he is. This is how loving he is. People can't argue with a testimony because it happened, is what happened to me. This is what Jesus did. And people over the next few weeks are going to be giving away their story, inviting us into a fresh encounter with him to trust and to know him. So that we can say, as we hear a miraculous story of doors opening, provision, of commissioning, of freedom, I no longer believe because of what you said. Now I've heard for myself, and I know that this man, Jesus, is really the saviour of the world. Hallelujah. We can know him in a deeper way. We can encounter him as saviour. In, in, maybe you don't know him yet. You can encounter him as saviour today, as provider, as commissioner, as healer. What's your story? Think about what is your story that you can give away to the world. Maybe even think about it now. It could be your salvation story of how you met him as saviour. What's your story? What 
What's your story that got you where you are now? You can begin to think about it and ask God, who could I give away my story to this week? Who could I say to this week, come and meet Jesus who did this for me? I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, I want to thank you that the body of Christ, the church, is not about leaders who just tell their own story, but it's about leaders who empower, equip, and enable others to tell their God story too. That the New Testament church is a church where everybody gets to play, where everybody gets to go on adventures, where everybody gets to meet Jesus for themselves. Thank you that the Bible calls us a priesthood of all believers, that we no longer have a priest to access Jesus for us, but each of us can go to Jesus ourselves and discover and meet him personally, intimately, ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, that that's the wonder of the church. And I pray that out of this series, that as a person shares their story, that each one of us would say, plant me, Jesus, in the field of the world, that I might go to a village, I might go to a community, I might go into my workplace as a seed in the field of the world to share my story and to invite the people around me, come and see Jesus who did X, Y and Z for me. I pray for a multiplication of uh, us feeling that our everyday life is planted in the world to tell our story. And I pray that, God, for some of us who have put ourselves down and said, I can never have a great story with Jesus. What's a great story anyway? It's, I heard his voice, I listened to him, and I obeyed. That's a great, that's a great story. Yeah. The fruit is his story. Yeah? One sowed, one watered, God made it grow. All we're called to be is those who trust and obey and do what he says. And as we hear the stories of men and women who have done exactly that, may it, in a beautiful way, draw us in from any form of passivity right into the heart of Jesus' purpose for the world. Amen. Amen. I want to end with this. Is in, in, about two years ago, I was cycling along the Thames, listening to, of all people, Russell Brand, I don't know why I was listening to him. I just listened to him and I heard his story about how God had met him on a 12-step program and that God had set him free, I think it's 17 years ago, instantly, miraculously, by hearing just step one, I acknowledged that I am powerless and my life is unmanageable. I was gripped by what had happened to this man and it wasn't that I was wrestling and struggling, what he was struggling with. I was gripped by the power of his experience. And so I was curious and went on a journey uh, with Christchurch London to do steps. My story is that I have found it to increasingly be a place that cultivates intimacy, trust, and connection with God. I found it to be a place that rather than feeling condemned and weighed down, I find it to be a liberating place where I get to witness 
the God of the universe, the creator of everything at work in the deep place of my life. And more and more I witness him at work without really understanding how and what he's doing. I just know he's doing something. And I found it to be a beautiful trellis. What's a trellis? It's a, it's a way that grapes grow and I'll support it so they can grow and be fruitful. I found it to be a wonderful trellis for my life to grow on. I don't have to be powerful. I can be powerless. There's a one who's more powerful than me, who can lead me into a more brilliant reality, and I can surrender to him. And so, that's part of my story. And what I want to leave you with is, would you like to come and see for yourself? A woman just told her story, and in one sense, I'm not selling you anything. I'm just saying, I met Jesus in this thing. This thing is not for everyone, but it might be for you. And all I can say is, if in your life you feel, I want to know him, I want to walk in intimacy with him, I want to know greater measures of freedom from things. If you heard Rochelle's prayer, that heartfelt prayer, and said, that's me, I want it all to be about Jesus. In that moment, I felt it. I felt the surrender, the liberty, the peace, the joy, the hope, as she led us in that prophetic song. And you want to live in that, Day by day by day by day, come and see. I found something that's really helped me, that's given me a trellis to build my life on, that's invited me by Jesus into really powerful encounters, that's brought me great levels of peace that I've not experienced, and encounters in most wonderful ways. If you want to do, if you want to sign up for an introductory uh, session, you'll get an email that will come into your inbox in about 10 minutes' time. So you can click the link and just sign up if you want to experience the introduction. You don't have to sign up for all 12 weeks. All you're saying is, bit curious, come into the well to see what he says. If you go there and think, not for me, brilliant as well. As long as you're meeting with Jesus somewhere regularly and you have a life of abiding and walking and trusting in Christ and enjoying the one who is the vine. Don't really mind how you do it, but... The key thing is, are you abiding? Are you walking? Are you living by the Spirit? Are you intimate with Him? Do you know the identity He calls you by? Do you know His unconditional love, grace and mercy? That's all that really matters. This is a place that I've found that come alive for me.